1: Well, hi there, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Renegade Millionaire Show. It's Winnie Sun, your host, and we're coming in from Venice Beach at TuneIn Studios. As you know, I'm a financial advisor and managing partner at Sun Group Wealth Partners here in beautiful Southern California. I hope you'll take a moment to follow me on Twitter so I can update you on all things finance. And with that, I thought I would share with you a review I saw online. It reads... Most amazing dinner. Nothing we have had here in New Orleans. Such an amazing combination of Creole and Caribbean flavors all mixed together. Fresh, surprising, and absolutely delicious from appetizer to dessert. In fact, it was the best meal I've had in a long time. Flavors are bold, pacing is perfect, and clearly attention to detail. Diners are experiencing exactly what they get from a place like this. Book a table and go. The place was a lucky find. A friend heard some buzz about it and shared it to us. This was the final dinner on a five-day stay in Orleans. And I think it was by far the most impressive and delicious meal of the trip. And I don't know about you, but if I read a review like that, and I just did, I can't wait to try this place. And then if you told me that this was a place uh, where my friend Nina Compton was a chef bat? I would absolutely believe you. Nina, thank you so much for joining us and calling in. I know you are busy as can be.
0: Hello, everybody. Yes, I just recently opened up
1: my own restaurant uh, two months ago, so my hands are quite full. Well, you know that review was from your restaurant. Yes. <laughs> it was. I mean, and, you know, I got to say, I actually have had the pleasure of not only seeing Nina cook in the kitchen, and she is, she's almost whimsical in the way that she cooks. I, I would almost describe Nina as, I, in many ways, I think the way you cook is like painting. Because you're methodical, you're quiet in the kitchen, I thought. And it was like, you were just so graceful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and not only that, your food is incredible on so many fronts. I, I do enjoy cooking, and I think that, you know, cooking needs to be something
0: that's very soulful
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that people can relate to it. Um,
1: and just having a connection with it, you know, that's, that's a, the most important thing for me. Well, you certainly have had connection. I mean, we've seen you on... Uh, everybody uh, who is a fan of Bravo Network's Top Chef knows Nina. Nina was obviously at season was season 11. Is that correct, Nina? season 11 season 11 which was in New Orleans and I guess is that kind of the reason why you've decided to open your restaurant there I always enjoyed um, you know when we filmed
0: you know when we filmed in New Orleans I really enjoyed it and I always try to figure out a way of how can I get back um, to the city and you know I got a phone call to do to do a restaurant here and I said why not um, you know it's Life is too short to, to take you know second chances, so I decided just to put
1: all my eggs in one basket and, and go for it. Well, that's amazing. So, Nina, you grew up in St. Lucia, right? Maybe we could talk a little bit about your journey from being where you are today, opening and, and now starring in a very successful restaurant, to where it all started. So let's go back and talk about back in the East Caribbean island of St. Lucia, growing up there, um, and get a feel of how... A chef or a girl who enjoys cooking becomes one of the top chefs in the nation. You know, I, I St. Lucia is
0: a very small island for me, and you know, I was very determined to to learn from the best, um, the best chefs as possible. So when I left the island, I, you know, I trained under Daniel Baloud. You know, I worked first Scott Conan, so I basically tried to master all all different cuisines and trying to make it my own, mm-hmm. um, but now I'm at a point where I can really showcase what I've learned from different chefs mm-hmm. but also tie that in with my cooking um, on the island as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. So you grew up, your mom was a baker and so you loved baking with her and grandma was a nurse. Yeah, my right. mom loves, I mean that's her, her pastry, she loves making pastries. she always made
0: you know, birthday cakes when it was someone's mm-hmm. birthday. So she really enjoyed wow. being in the kitchen. Um, my grandmother was more of the savory cook. that would basically plan um, all the lunches. So I pretty much learned from both of them. And not only that,
1: I mean, Dad even liked to cook, right?
0: He did every once in a blue. <laughs> he loved making, you know, one-pot, a one-pot stew that was really, really good. Um, he would throw pretty much everything he could find Um
1: you know, in the kitchen in there, but it was just a very hearty, uh, delicious stew. Wow, wow. So so I guess earliest childhood cooking memory, how old do you think you were first in the kitchen?
0: Uh, I want to say maybe eight. Wow. You know, I really enjoyed um, just being in the kitchen, you know, smelling all the food, you know, tasting stuff my mom or my grandmother would make, um, you know, helping them, like, clean vegetables or cutting onions, um, that was a very young, young memory for me
1: as a cook. Yeah, child labor at <laughs> a very young age. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. And then so let's talk about dad. I mean, your dad and many of the people in your family were, were actually very high level politicians. Your dad, Sir John Compton, was a legendary prime minister and father of independence of Saint Lucia. That's
0: big. Yes. Um, you know, my father did a lot, um, a lot for the country. Um, starting off with being an independent colony from England. Um, but I also learned a lot from my father in terms of being humble, um, You know, being a mentor to people, teaching people, guiding people along the way. Um, and that's one of the things that I wanted to instill in myself as a character is to be humble, but also strive for the best. That was one of my goals.
1: So, how was it like having dad um, as prime minister? Did that offer you other opportunities?
0: Um, you know, my dad. You know, since you know, since he was prime minister, he really never. You know, since my dad was so humble, he never really made a point to um, express his power. You mm-hmm. know, it, it was. I never looked at my dad as a prime minister. I looked at my dad as my dad. Right. Um, but with that being said, I was exposed to certain things that I don't think many people would be exposed to, um, in terms of travel experiences, in terms of right? His political connections um, with people,
1: and I think a, I think I, that
0: was a, a huge part of my life. You know, seeing him interact with different prime ministers and presidents from all over the world.
1: Mhm. I mean, what an incredible experience for a child too, because at a very young age, you're you see how adults. Act at a much more elevated level, so that I I can see some of that in you because you're so graceful. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's I guess let's talk about that. So you know what you went on to Top Chef, I know they actually picked you out. You didn't actually um, audition for the show, and they didn't tell you what the show was about, but they just approached right. you. So let's talk about that journey. So. Someone came and, uh, to the restaurant, I'm assuming.
0: Well, I actually, I got a phone call um, to do the show. And at that point, I wasn't really, you know, I was quite busy and I didn't, I didn't know how to react to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, you know, my boss at the time, Scott Conan, said, you should do it. He's like, you might have a chance of winning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, okay, I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot. Um, and I'm kind of glad I did because it it let me as a chef express myself um, as a chef I didn't have to all I had to worry about was just cooking
1: mm-hmm.
0: I didn't have to worry about anything else Right. Um. so it basically pushed me as a chef to be more creative mm-hmm. to have a little more a little more fun while cooking
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which for me was huge because I think I was at a point before I did the show where I was getting a little stagnant. Right. Creativity. Um,
1: so I was able to push myself when I did the show. Well that's interesting that you say that because when we we're watching a show and I was a big fan of yours cooking, I mean it seemed like you were always you always were famous for bold flavors and and using ingredients that the others weren't as familiar with. Even from the starting gate, it seemed like you definitely seemed like a very diverse chef and that you had you had different techniques that most people didn't have.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, I come from a, an island where the flavors are very bold. Um, they're focused also on very fresh, clean flavors as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I always made sure that I never lost that. Um, something I enjoy eating um, as a chef is just having something where it's, It's a reminder of soulful good food. It's a punch in the face when you have something that has, you know, layers of flavor.
1: So let me ask you this. So when they approached you and said, you know, we want you for Top Chef, and you finally decide after talking to Scott that, yeah, this is something I'm going to try. You probably talked to your husband about it. Um, Did you know you were going to go to New Orleans, or did you not know?
0: I didn't know until the very last minute, but um, I'm kind of glad I did because, You know, that was somewhere I always wanted to go. It's a very food-driven city, Mm -hmm. um, and I really enjoyed the cultural differences um, with the French, with the the
1: Spanish, the African influences here. Also, the Cajun cooking here is something that's very different. Oh, wow. And you, I mean, you love the city so much, you even had your honeymoon there. No, I tried to go on my honeymoon there, (laughs)
0: um, but it actually worked out where I was able to come back.
1: Oh, okay. Great. Well, wonderful. Well, that's wonderful. Let's talk about your menu. So, you know, I know I've had your gnocchi and it's like, to this day, I still crave it. So I'm actually gonna fly out to see you just so I can have your gnocchi again. And hopefully. I so you can have it, right? Yes, absolutely. It's that good. Like, I mean, seriously, those of you who are traveling, you need to go and eat at Nina's restaurant. If not, a, a good friend of mine went recently. And I know he didn't make it out there, but I'm like, what a mistake. That was like probably the most culinary tragic mistake he made. But um, if you are in the area, you should make a trip to go see and try Nina's food. It's amazing. So Nina, like, let's talk about your menu right now. I'm guessing it changes seasonally, but what what's on your menu right now? What's, what are people eating?
0: Um, you know, now we're in the summertime, so you see a lot of um, tomatoes. So we're doing an heirloom tomato gazpacho with lobster that's kind of clean and refreshing because it's, it's quite hot in New Orleans right now, so I wanted to basically plan the menu around something that's cool, refreshing, and light. Um, but there's also dishes such as, you know, the crispy pig ears that are fun little bite that, that are nice and salty. Um, we do have the curry goats with the plantain yoki which is something that I grew up with as a comfort food.
1: That sounds um, so good.
0: But I did it in a way that... Um, Kind of ties my Caribbean heritage with also my Italian background. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to do a dish like that.
1: Well, very good. And then, are you there? I'm guessing there's pastries and desserts and all such of good stuff too.
0: Yes, I actually my pastry chef. We work together in Miami, and um, I was lucky enough to convince her to to move to New Orleans to help me out. So I'm very lucky to have her.
1: So where in New Orleans is your restaurant? Maybe you could tell us.
0: It's on Chopper uh, It's in the old 77 Hotel, mm-hmm. which um, actually what's beautiful about it is that the hotel was redone by a group uh, in New York. It is a very beautiful design. Um, it took about two years to build, and it, they basically kept in tune with the, the old brick um, of the original building, everything played with with the original building.
1: That's great. And I remember when we were when you were here in Southern California and we were talking, you had said, "It's actually going to it's this big project." I mean, you, the restaurant itself serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Is that still the case?
0: Uh, right now, we're doing uh, lunch and dinner, and then we're moving to
1: breakfast uh, in September. Wow! So that should be that should be even more fun and more busy. Yes. More to do. I know. Ever since you opened the restaurant, I'm like, Nina's so busy, it's, it's harder to reach out. And I don't want to bother you because I know you're on a storm and the reviews <laughs> are stellar. But I'm self- selfishly, I, I kind of hope you kind of you come back to Southern California a couple times a year just so we can have your food again. I know. I need to. I, I love I love coming out west. Oh, wow, because the food was so good, Nina. That gnocchi was Thank you. crazy. There's so many dishes that she does well that um, definitely they, they've got a lot of competition now. I mean, I've heard rumors now that people are talking about your restaurant as being the top restaurant in New Orleans, which is not an easy thing to do if you think about all the other culinary greats out there like Emeril and John and everybody else. You know... Yeah,
0: it, it's a tough, um, it's a very tight um, tight competition here, but I think everybody here in the city is so welcoming, and it's not really a competition. I think it's more of, you know, welcoming people to the neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Emerald has been around for a very long time, and I think they have been very supportive of, you know, bringing new chefs in and making them feel welcome because for them, it's something new, it's something exciting. Um, so it's not really a competition. It's more of, you know, welcoming
1: you to the it's new great. area. Yeah. And it just brings in more people, more interest, you know, more foodies <laughs> will, will travel to the, you know, the culinary yes, destination. Agreed. Yeah, it's awesome. And in fact, after, I mean, you won fan favorite from Top Chef for obvious reasons. I mean, if you saw the show, Nina is definitely a love bug, and she is that way in person as well. Now that I, I saw you in the show and rooted for you and then met you in person, I can see why you are really just such a lovely person. But one thing that I, I found very exciting to hear is when you and I sat down not too long ago, just how excited everybody in St. Lucia was for your, for your almost win because you were a runner-up.
0: Yes, it was, it, I mean, it was very exciting because the, you had the entire island um, behind you. So that was a very huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just having a love and support from your entire island,
1: that's, in my eyes, that's win or lose, they still had my back. Right. How wonderful. How, I mean, you must just be so proud. St. Lucia is just such an, uh, I think it was a win for them, too, because it it brought more emphasis to just how welcoming and a loving um, country this was.
0: Yes, I mean, it's, they saw it as, you know, somebody from the island made it, you know, made it big. So, I mean, I think they were living through me for that, for those six weeks. So do you see opening a restaurant there? Eventually, I would I would like to move back home. Um, Lucia is always home for me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I I do I do enjoy it. I I do miss it a lot as well. Oh,
1: well, how often do you get to? And probably can't travel there as much right now with the new restaurant. But um, I'm guessing that's your next good vacation.
0: Yeah, yeah, the next time when I get a break. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll get I'll get to go home and see my family. But my family does come up and see me if I can make it home.
1: Well, on that note, let's segue just slightly. Um, I just had the pleasure of speaking with your good friend, um, Gail Simmons and, um, okay. Yeah. And we had a, a great conversation and, you know, you know, you, you know that I'm working on uh, a project, um, about chefs and highlighting chefs and, and something I, I love to get your intake on, you know, obviously, um, to be a chef, you and I had talked about this in person. I hope you can share this with the audience. I mean, to be as passionate about food as you are. Let's talk about that. Why do you think you why did you decide to be a chef?
0: Um, I, I enjoy being a chef and I, I think I made the jump into the culinary world because I, I get enjoyment uh, in making people happy. Um, I enjoy cooking um, and expressing myself. That's how I, I express myself the best is by cooking.
1: Great, great. Yeah, it's like you're... Basically, I think you had described it to me a few, that it was almost like when you serve a plate of food, it's like your heart on the plate Then you want to please... Yes, you know, make it definitely happy, is. It's, right? it's an extension of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how is it for you? I mean, obviously, you're working very long hours. And we talked about that, is that whether it be male or female, this is a, a, a definitely a lifestyle that you've chosen.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not something that's, that's easy and I, I don't think people understand what it takes to run a restaurant or to even open a restaurant. It's um, it's very demanding. Um, you're expected to be perfect every single day mm-hmm. um, because you know people are paying they're paying for your services. You know essentially. Mm-hmm. So um, you have to be on it every single day. Um, you know nobody wants to hear an excuse or anything else. And I think that's why as a chef you are constantly pushing yourself each and each you know each and every day mm
1: mm-hmm. And talk about being a female in the chef in the in the kitchen because there aren't a lot of executive female chefs.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's. I think that the way the the industry has shaped up, um, you know, people get burnt out very easily, and you know, it's it's a lot. It's long hours. You're working fifteen, sixteen hours, and I think it's very tough um, because the scheduling is either you work nights or you work mornings, um, it's very hard to have a family. And I think most people, most women, tend to, you know, they want to have a family. They want to have kids. They want to spend time with their kids. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, male chefs tell me the same thing, that they want to spend time with their family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's very demanding in that sense, and I think a lot of women, it's, it's tough.
1: What do you want for yourself, Nina?
0: I want to, you know, basically have them be one of the best restaurants in the country. That's one of my goals. Mm -hmm. Um, To mentor my staff is Mm -hmm. very important to me. Um, You know, I I don't want to have 5,000 restaurants. I I just want to have maybe one or two. um, But I think for me, for my life to be complete is, you know, having a really successful restaurant where people are happy and... It's consistent and people keep on, you know, coming back. That's, that's one of my goals.
1: Well, I think you, you probably have accomplished that. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And so how do we, so now I'm going to ask you, you know, this is a financial show, obviously. So I'm to ask you, so how do you balance um, life for yourself? Because obviously you're probably in the kitchen more hours and you're at home. How do There you, is no balance. <laughs> <laughs> it's one way or the other. So when it, does your it, husband you see know, you? I
0: think it's a, a, a life choice that you you take, um, mm-hmm. you know, where you are basically, that is your life, um, your staff or your family. Um, and that's one of the sacrifices that you make because um, it is long hours. Um, and you that's the choice that you make is, you know, to invest that time with the people you're around with. And I think that's why it's important to surround yourself with um a core team that you enjoy um, being around with that helps you grow, that um, that gives you ideas that inspire you to be more creative. I think that's definitely one of the key things because it is long hours.
1: So in many ways, Nina, your restaurant is your baby.
0: It is. It definitely right? is. I think anybody that opens up any type of business, that is your name, that is your brand, that is your blood,
1: sense sweat, and tears. I think that it's, definitely important to have that as part of your life right right and it's it's important to have a partner that understands that too and supports that that
0: that's that's also very important as well um somebody that doesn't um pressure you because you know you're working long hours but somebody that's understanding and that can comfort you in times of need that's the most important thing right
1: yeah and I know you had talked to me about um when we met last time that you know you've made a real decision this is this is very important to me. this is your passion, and I think you've made a decision that you know uh, the restaurant is your you know is is gonna be your priority so so that's great, and that's what and it shows because the food shows you're you're clearly focused on the quality of the experience so let me ask you this, Nina. Let's talk about yep. your tell, tell us really quick. Um do you work with your husband? Is he is he part of the restaurant? He he is. Um he is running the front of the house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and he's been
0: doing it for quite some time. So I think that it's very important that you know we have the same vision, um, which makes it easier to run the restaurant together.
1: Mm-hmm. We know what's right, what's wrong, um, and we have the same standards. So that does definitely does help a lot. Yeah, that's a great benefit. Well, wonderful. Well, th- real quick, we'll close this up. I, I got a real quick question. Um, so, when you on your very first, I think we sh- talked about this before, but your very first check that you received, like a, a decent check, what did you buy?
0: I don't. I think I bought a pair of shoes. I can't remember. <laughs> I first
1: checked. That was so long ago, Winnie. I know.
0: Uh, I don't know. I can't remember.
1: But you bought something for yourself that wasn't culinary, so that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I know. I think I went shopping. I probably went shopping. I or know. I went to dinner somewhere. I don't know.
1: <laughs> love it.
0: Okay, favorite
1: ingredient and favorite dish.
0: Uh, definitely, I love curry. That's my favorite dish. Any curry, anything. Um, favorite ingredients. Believe it or not, actually, it's. it's it's salt. I think that people really don't understand the importance of salt.
1: Yeah, I completely um, agree. And you I, use very good that salt.
0: That and probably lemon juice or maybe a little bit of chili flake is probably my favorite. But salt is definitely very, very important.
1: And a very particular salt, right, Nina, you use? I,
0: I, like, I like using more than salt, yeah. more sea salt.
1: Wonderful. Well, with that, thank you, Nina, so much for your time. Super okay. excited. Um Anything else you wanna share with us? Um, What's up ahead for you, or are you just really, really focused on the restaurant?
0: Right now I am sleeping and eating and doing everything in the restaurant, so I don't even
1: know what day it is today. So, well, it doesn't matter because it's internet radio. So any day you're listening it's a day it is. (laughs) And with that, um, I I'm so excited to uh, thank you, Nina, for the time. I'm so excited to make that trip to go and and taste your food. And if you haven't done so, love you
0: to come by.
1: Yeah, everybody needs to do this. I'm telling you, you need to make us get on the plane and make a special trip to her restaurant because her food is really worthy of that. Uh, it is worthy of your vacation. So thank you, Nina, so much for being on the show with okay. us. Um, this is Winnie Sun again. Thanks you so much for tuning in to the Renegade Millionaire Show. and uh, To follow Nina and to see her journey because she's very good about keeping you updated on social media. Nina, can you share with us really quick your most active handles?
0: Uh, the Twitter handle is Nina underscore Compton, mm-hmm. or my Instagram is Nina Compton.
1: Okay, great. And, and then I'm on, um, I'm really active on Twitter, and that's at Sun Group WP. And I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. So if you check the RenegadeMillionaireShow.com, you'll have that all that information. So with that, thanks again. And until next time, thank you, Nina.